Hello and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus and this is my podcast. A lot of people have asked me why I start every podcast that way. It happens that a lot of times I'm on an airplane or I'm in a public place and people will say, hey, are you Lester Holt from Dateline? And I'm like, no, I'm Shmuel Tenenhaus from the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. Same thing, they'll say, are you Huberman from the Huberman Lab? I'm like, no, I'm Shmuel Tenenhaus from the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. So that's why every podcast I start off, and my sister's recording this, and I'm trying not to fidget in my seat because she said, please don't be your, your fidgety self. So now I'm just staying calm. So it is a very big month for uh, Chabad people. I am Chabad. And... So what I'm thinking about doing is a great initiative, and I want to open up a place where you can go in. It's going to be exclusively for Chabad people, even though we open the doors for everybody, but it's going to be targeted to Chabad people, but then again, it could expand, and it's going to be a place where you can take your vehicle in, uh, we'll change your oil very rapidly, and also offer you whatever, if you need wipers or fluids for your car, and we are going to be calling this place Jiffy Lubavitch, and it's just, again, primarily for the Chabad skiers. But again, if somebody's not Chabad, they can also come. Uh, as you know, particularly the people of my family, I am aging. So at some point, people had assumed that I'm ageless, and th- the reality is that every day I get one day older. And because now I am in my 40s, last Friday I had the big schos, an opportunity to get a prostate exam. I was on the receiving end. And some things are a little too uh, intimate, so I won't get into the details. I'll just say this, that uh, number one, luckily the doctor, his fingers, hand, nothing got stuck. Everything was right away. It was a very uh, in and out procedure, I would say, uh, if this was a burger joint. And then the second thing I wanted to say is that it's a Jewish doctor, and I was very disappointed that uh, when the exam was done and a few hours later, it was on a Friday, he didn't text me and say, hey, have a great Shabbos. And again, I don't think a doctor or a physician always has an obligation to wish their patient a good Shabbos, but if you give the guy a prostate exam, say, good Shabbos, your, your prostate is excellent, Th- you know, things are great, fantastic, uh, you know, fantastic prostate you have there. Everything is good. Have a great Shabbos. So if you're a doctor giving out prostates, that's just a nice thing to do, especially if you have a, a Jewish patient on a Friday. Uh, so the next thing is, as you know, there are many perks to being from. And one perk I experienced Friday afternoon, this was in between the prostate exam and the Shabbos text from the physician, which never came. And I received an urgent voice note about a charcuterie board. And this is not something, if you're not a from person, you will not get, you know, urgent voice notes around charcuterie. And this was about, it's coming to one address, it's supposed to go to another address, potentially, it needs to be refrigerated. And how lucky I am to be a frummy. And then potentially at the end of this podcast, as a bonus, I will include that actual voice note with permission from the sender. So you will know, again, if you're not from or you're on the fence, 
this potentially can push you right over the top. As we talk about from perks, I had an experience of you know you're from when, and there's an abbreviation for that, which I do not recall. And this is what happened to me. This is a uniquely Orthodox Jewish situation. So this was last week, or possibly the week before, and I called up my friend and work associate, Yochanan. I thought I was calling him. And the person who answers the phone says, hello. And what had happened was I had called Yechanan, but I called the wrong Yechanan. So it was the case of two Yechanans where I meant to call one Yechanan. Instead, I called another Yechanan. I realized it was the wrong Yechanan. And so then I called back the original Yechanan. Now, if you're not an Orthodox Jew, you do not have two Yechanans in your phone. Apple won't even allow it. I'm allowed to because, again, as an Orthodox Jew, I put that in the settings of my phone that I'm allowed to, but that's something that's not going to have. Now, let me talk to everybody who, in their WhatsApp status every day, has a different GoFundMe or Raise-a-thon, okay? My wife and I try to give 10% of whatever we have left after expenses, <clears throat> which is usually nothing. Uh, we're in the red but we try to give charity, minimum 10%. Now, there's a lot of nice causes in the world, but what I always tell my wife is, let's hold off giving anything until we see what's going on in everybody's WhatsApp statuses, because again, that will determine where the allocation of charity goes to. So what I wanna say is that I wanna warn you that WhatsApp is coming up, we're coming out with an update to their app where you can actually filter out anybody with a fundraising link. So you will not see that in your status. Uh, it's just gonna be showing uh, money signs. And then I'll know that the only reason why you're posting anything on your WhatsApp status is to solicit me for whatever organization of the hour that you're fundraising for. Now, the next thing is we're gonna talk about the human condition, fitness, and exercise. So as you know, I go to the gym because of mental health, which by the way is, is, is a true thing. Uh, both mental and health are, you know, people will deny it out there. There's a lot of me mental health deniers out there, but it's a, it's a legitimate thing, it's real. And sometimes when you go to the gym, you wanna see gains, like, the trainers say, you wanna see gains. So I don't typically make a lot of gains in the gym, because again, I'm mainly going, not for physical gains, for mental health gains. And the other day I had this hack, which can really give you a gain very quickly. Here's what I did. Before going to the gym, I put on my wife's t-shirt. Now she's smaller than me. So automatically, my muscles looked like they were popping, again, not because they were, but because I was wearing something which was way too small for me. Even my son, I was able to impress him for a couple of minutes because he thought that I looked very pumped up. So it's just a suggestion for you if you're either too lazy to go to the gym or you're going to the gym and you're kind of just futzing around there, put on your wife's t-shirt if she's smaller than you. If she's your size, then just take one of your youngest kid's clothing wear it, and everything will justifiably feel like it is popping. 
The reason why, by the way, I put on my wife's t-shirt just on the side is because I almost have no undershirts left. Why do I not have any undershirts left? Because the school where my kids go, Kanainahara, every day, especially the last 180 days of school, there's always some sort of pajama day, you know, wear five socks on one foot day, uh, you know, we're going canoeing in a river day, and there's always type of things that cause undue stress to me and my t-shirt and undershirt collection, so I'm down to no undershirts, and now I'm wearing women's clothing. You, and you can feel free to judge me for that. Not in the business of calling people out unless it's really legitimate, particularly if it's a nursery rhyme. But I think I have to put my foot down and do something about this. Because we have babies, I listen to baby music, and there's a famous lyric and song about the Incy Bincy Spider. Here's the problem that I have with it. The Incy Bincy Spider, down came the rain. So it's something about rain and the Incy, down, uh, and then the sun came, washed it away, and Incy Bincy Spider went down the spout again. But again is supposed to rhyme with the word rain. But again, doesn't rhyme with rain. I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's either, if it's again, then it's renning. There's ren. Is there ren outside? Or is it not ren? I feel ren. Now, the reverse. You don't say it's, oh, there's rain? Oh, I think I'm going to call you again. Oh, you want me to call you again? We're going to do this again? It doesn't go. And I'm sorry that your, your demographic is one years old. They don't even talk. So they can't call you out on it. But I'm going to have to say something like that. Fix it. Fix it and be consistent with how you do it. They don't even try. They just have these two things that really don't mesh together one with the other. And I, I apologize. I'm so worked up about this and hyped up that I can't even remember exactly the lyrics. But go research it and you see it's going to – I feel – you know, they're just making a mockery out of a mockery and mocking a situation that should not be mocking. So now camp is arriving. Camp Ganyasrol. It is the summertime. So a few things. My son is going to overnight camp. Fortunately, after much calling and cajoling, and sending flowers to the camp director's wife, Baruch Hashem. You're doing us a favor. Our kid could go there. It's going to be great. Now, my son, he wants to bring food with him to camp. So, yes, camp serves food. There's also a canteen, which we're going to give him money for his canteen. But in addition, he needs a third backup. We're also going to send him with food. Like I told my son, we can't send you any of the food that we have in the house because we have no more food in the house because we have to pay for your camp. So we have to source food from a soup kitchen. They're going to send it directly from the soup kitchen to a soup, you know, one of those pantries, and they're going to send it, cans of beans and corn, with you for camp. So in case the meals don't pan out, the canteen doesn't have what you need, there'll be a third tier of food. I'm very excited that camps are very modern today, and they're very creative and innovative. So I want to give a shout out 
to all the Jewish camps, particularly the overnight ones that charge, uh, you know, lots of money for people going to camp. And what they're doing is, I'm, I'm talking, I'm referring now to uh, what's called, uh, is actually a partnership with Uber. So it's called Uber Gan Israel. And what, what the way that works is, is that for those of us who need a, you know, side hustle to pay for camp, so what you do is you work your day job, you come home, you put the kids to sleep. Then you go back inside your minivan and start driving for five, six hours during the evening and nighttime as an Uber driver. Now what happens is that is directly linked to your camp. You can actually select your camp and Uber will take those funds that you made with your side hustle driving an Uber and actually pay the camp directly. Also, if you do 500 rides uh, in, in, in a certain amount of time, Uber will give you a $20 credit on Uber Eats. So your kid who's in camp, not only will he have food, but he can also order Uber Eats if the food that is coming from the food pantry won't cut it for him. Another thing that's, I think, anybody who cares about the environment should be very pro, and that is that Unilever now has this thing where you can get a refillable conditioner bottle and soap. So basically, instead of, so basically you finish your shampoo and you put in water and you shake it up around and that gives you another week out of it, but then you're done. Why should you throw out a perfectly beautiful shampoo bottle or conditioner bottle and waste? It's a lot of waste. So now we signed up for Unilever Plus a big truck comes to the house, you have to come out with your conditioner and they will refill it for you. And so the price is the same, but you get it at a slight discount because you don't have to actually pay for the bottle, whatever the recycling fee is. So we're excited, we're trying it out. They don't have all the, um, this is a, a beta thing. So they don't have like all the different flavors, not the right word, but all the different products. But for a core, uh, for the basic ones, they do have that, and so we're excited to try that. So as you know, this is a comedy podcast. This is not, I don't, I don't, in the app store, I always have this categorized under, under comedy, not Jewish, because that is the common theme here. The hell with the Jews. This is a, just about comedy. So despite it not being a Jewish podcast, and this, we're not here to discuss Bible studies, every once in a while, I'll come across something which is insightful and I feel that it's necessary to share just because. So, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, the Bible's not real. How, how do you know it's real? You know, maybe it's fake. Maybe somebody else wrote it. And those are all valid points that people make. So what I want to propose is if you're ever in that situation where people are questioning the Bible, I now will present to you the clearest fact that the Bible is in fact true and can be relied on just from a historical perspective. So we are now in the book of Numbers in Bamidbar. And last week's Parsha, last week's Torah portion, if you look through, there are many times in the portion, last week, the week before, this week, all throughout this fourth book of Numbers, where it says the following. The Jewish people were complaining to Moses. There you have it. The Jews were complaining. Now, if you know Jewish people 
and you're familiar with our history, how could you read that and say, this is untruth? This is complete truth. Is it that difficult for you to conjure that the Jewish people were schlepping a bunch of stuff in the weather and they're chalashing and it feels like a sauna and they went to Moshe to complain, it's so hot, we don't know what to do, it's really hot in the tent, we're opening up our windows, the food is not good, we want meat, we want fish, we want all different sort of stuff. So again, there you have it. I don't need any archaeological dig, just go to numbers, look at how many times the Jews are complaining. The book should be called the Book of Complaints. And again, why would any religion include a full book on people complaining nonstop for 40 years in a desert if it wasn't true? It just makes the Jewish people look like a bunch of complainers. Anyways, there you have it for anybody who is skeptical about the origins of the Jewish people and the Bible. Moving on. I had an opportunity to be at a friend of mine's house. I stayed there. And terrific guest accommodations. While I was there, my friend enabled me, so to speak, to use his inversion table. Inversion table is something that people do for their back health. It could you basically hang upside down on a table and it will stretch out your spine. Let me just say that a couple things that I really enjoyed about this experience. First of all, if you're looking kind of pale and it doesn't seem like blood is rushing or coursing through your veins at all, if you hang upside down like a shech, the piece of meat, for a few minutes, you will get that coloration back in your face. Okay, that's something you got to do. The second thing that I wanted to say is that when I was upside down, I actually felt like a better version of myself and I was able to understand perspectives that people have been telling me for a while that I didn't really comprehend. But when I was in that position, you know, something basically flickered in my head and it was making a lot of sense. The next thing is what I really appreciate about this inversion table is I think it would be a great way to eat soup because without even using a utensil because your feet are up in the air, your head is down, it's starting to get, you know, uncomfortable. But imagine a, a warm bowl of soup on the bottom there that you could just put your tongue inside like, like a cat having a bowl of milk. Fantastic, fantastic opportunity. I'm also considering, perhaps, to do a full podcast upside down on an inversion table because I think that the gems that will come out of that will be like no podcast we've done before. I don't know if I can go the full amount of time. We're definitely going to try it. I kid you not. This next little portion is going to be referred to as the Shalom Bias. I talk about these topics, peace in the home between couples. And so here we're going to be talking about it's, this topic has a lot to unpack, but we're going to unpack for a minute or two the basics. And this is what I would call the subtle art of fighting with your spouse when there are guests over. Particularly if there's a meal and you're hosting people, but you're in the middle of a great fight with your spouse, 
you, you don't want to forget about it. You want to hold on each party to their resentments. And it's a, a fantastic clash. But now guests are over. You don't want to make them too uncomfortable. So how do you keep that fight going on in a very subtle way? And this is not something that a therapist is going to tell you because supposedly they're there to make sure that you're not fighting. And I'm saying, no, let's, let's meet humans where they are. So a couple of things that, that, that will help you with success. First of all, one thing that you can do is it's all in the eyes, right? So the eyes, typically, they don't make a lot of noise. You can't breathe through them. But if you are engaged in battle, psychological warfare with your spouse, the eyes are a terrific way to convey, you know, hate towards them during a meal. Okay, so I would say you don't want to avoid eye contact because there's a much more aggressive way to do it, but in a subtle way. Also, people can tell maybe you're ignoring your spouse. You just want to shoot them the looks. Another thing that you could do is if they ask you to pass something, slam it on the table. Uh, And it doesn't have to be in front of them because, again, that's too obvious. We want to be subtle here. So they say, hey, can you pass the coleslaw down? You want to take it and boom, on the table. The final thing that you can do is you can do a toast to everybody except for your wife or your husband. You'd be like, hey, I just want to thank everybody for coming here and go through everybody's name and conveniently leave out the name of your husband. And don't worry, he'll pick it up. And that way, once the guests get out of your hair, you can resume and hopefully... You're even more supercharged than you were before the meal started. With my new iPhone now, I'm getting lots of very important messages from Apple telling me that I'm out of iCloud storage, and if I want, I can upgrade and pay more for iCloud storage. Dear Apple, I'm thrilled that I have no iCloud storage. I don't want your iCloud storage. I'm very content of having zero backup in the cloud. In fact, I prefer it. I would pay extra money that you don't back things up and save things for me all the time. So these little things of we're out of storage and your phone hasn't been backed up is music to my ears. That is a complete selling point to me. Quickly, I watched a movie on an airplane that I enjoyed. I feel I should share it with you. Uh, It was called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Good movie. I love the screen work always and the trivial dialogue in Tarantino movies. And Leonardo DiCaprio is from the most talented actors, maybe the most, in terms of a real character study. And so... If you are flying, I wouldn't recommend, by the way, that you, you, you watch it unless you're 30,000 feet in the air. That's the caveat that I'm putting. If you're 30, so if you're 28,000, 29,000, they're climbing, do not start the movie. You do it at 30,000 feet. Anything below that, you probably won't enjoy it as much as I did. Public service announcement. I, Shmuel Tenenhaus from the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast, will be doing a live comedy performance next week at the Art Cafe in... Surfside, Bell Harbor area. 
I'll post the link to it on the bottom of my podcast. You can get a 15% discount on tickets. This is true if you use code SHMUEL15. I think it can only be used three times, that code, which is perfect. One time for each listener of this podcast. So SHMUEL15, I will post the link. Another thing that I have to mention, and this is a very exciting thing for the Frum community, and that is that Hyundai, the car brand that sounds like Honda but is less expensive and probably not as good quality, announced that they are coming out with a convertible minivan. And it is about time because that is a very underserved demographic that everybody can appreciate fresh air, but somehow if you have a minivan, the best you can do is open up your window or you have a small little moonroof on top that if it's the first couple of days in the Jewish month, you're able to see the complete moon. Otherwise, you can't. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, the SUV market is also underserved. They do not have a convertible option. That's because anybody with an SUV at the end of the day is sort of kind of sketchy trying to keep things a secret in their big dark SUV. It's more like top discrete massive vehicle, you know, so you don't want a convertible. You want to hide from everybody, which is why you're in your SUV. As opposed to when you're in your family, in a car, what you can really use is a breath of fresh air because it's sometimes very stressful being with them. Now, you know, people are saying, oh, it's not going to work for the firm community because how's the yarmulke going to stay on the head if you're flying down the highway at 60 miles an hour and how's a shaitel or a tichel going to survive a highway drive with the top down in your convertible minivan? So I thought about this and using the engineering aspect of my brain, I thought there's a very simple solution and that is what you want to do is you want to put your seatbelt on a way that actually goes over your head once and then you put in your seatbelt. So what happens is the seatbelt itself will be used as a strap for your head to secure your seatbelt, secure, secure your head, head covering, and then you're good to go and you can put on your Kivi and Tuki or whatever Jewish music you're listening in your car and be super cool. Let's, uh, by the way, a belated happy Father's Day to everybody in my house this week, Father's Day. The way it works is I woke up, let my wife sleep in because at the end of the day, I'm a father. I have to take care of my kids because it's Father's Day. Whereas Mother's Day, you have to respect the mom, so you got to let the mom sleep in because it's Mother's Day. So... On Mother's Day, the moms gets to sleep in because, hey, it's Mother's Day. And on Father's Day, got to be a father, dude. Wake up. Be a father. Get up early. Take care of the kids. And now, if you made it till here, just a bonus supplement, the emergency and urgent voice note I got about the charcuterie board. Shmuley, I heard the charcuterie board was delivered to your house. These people, I... And they still delivered it to your house. So... It was delivered. Um, but yeah, that wasn't me.